changes to contact tracing for children in primary schools and childcare settings are coming into effect today in uh, the context of COVID-19. So what are they and how could they impact you? Uh, we are joined by Tracy Tobin, who is Secretary of the Irish National Teachers Organisation. And we also have uh, Joe Flynn from Croom Cree Naquilla and Maeve Kelly from Beehive Child Care in Rathkeel on the line to chat about this. Uh, and beginning uh, with you, Joe Flynn, good morning to you. Um, how will these new changes impact you at Crean Aquila? Oh, <laughs> I think these new changes are just, uh, I think we're all a little bit up in a heap as to what exactly it's going to mean. Um, I don't think Crean Aquila it, it will have the same impact as a lot of, of bigger primary schools um, and also our preschool free-range kids is where you have bigger numbers. Um, there is a lot of there is a lot of COVID in primary schools at the moment. So the idea that they're sort of slowing down on contact tracing and stuff, I think, is quite um, unnerving to teachers everywhere um, and principals and people in early learning centres because it's, um, you know, it's just good to know. You don't need to know all the names or anything. It's just good to know if a child is out you know, why they're out and it's good to know, you know, to be careful of these things. And I I, I feel maybe the, the government has moved very quickly on on sort of um, making this much more difficult for schools. Um, you know, I think Queen Aquila is very outdoorsy and is not, you know, has small numbers still. So I don't think it's going to be a particular problem, but there is a lot of coughs and colds going around everywhere. So, you know, it's yeah, a very j- good idea to get that tested and checked. I well, just to remind people that uh, from today, most primary school children and those in childcare facilities who are identified as close contacts of a confirmed case of COVID-19 but have no symptoms themselves will no longer have to restrict their movements or get tested. And the automatic contact tracing of close contacts will also end following advice from Chief Medical Officer Dr. Tony Houlihan. And to some extent, Joe Flynn, have you put your finger on it? Is it the very fact that there are so many other viruses going around and all the experts did warn us that when we got back to some sort of normal interaction, we'd see a surge uh, in those and it's just causing too much disruption in schools and childcare facilities and to parents who are desperately scrambling around to organise alternatives while still trying to work and they're trying to balance society and economy and all of that? Yeah, it's very difficult. And I think the kids, certainly in the um, preschool setting, the kids' immune systems seem to be much lower than they than they would normally be. And even when they came back in March last year, the kids were not sick at all. Whereas now, the little ones are off. There's so many coughs and colds. Not, not, it, with the preschool, there really isn't any... We haven't had any COVID. But I know, you know, uh, primary schools have had quite a bit and yeah it's tricky and at the same time I think for a child to be in hold their close contact and have to miss school for two weeks is unfair as well you know it's 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 just a really tricky thing to navigate and um, if you get it wrong you know and also Joe the other interesting fact that I as a in with my preschool I can't ask my staff if they have all been vaccinated so you know, if there is a kid that 
a close contact from a friend and they're in preschool and then I have a staff member who isn't vaccinated, you know, what, you know, it's, Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? sure, sure. Uh, we're chatting to Joe Flynn from Crete Naquilla in Croom and Tracy Tobin, as I mentioned, uh, principal teacher of St. Michael's Infant School. I think she's taking a year out this year as principal. She's secretary of Limerick INTO as well. Good morning to you, Tracy. Good morning, Joe. How are you? So how worried then are you and the teachers that you're aware of? Uh, well, I do. I am aware because I've had a number of contacts from teachers and principals um, over the last week. And I think they are genuinely very concerned um, that they do not, they won't know if a child tests positive in their class. And then, you know, they will not be told. And the children in the class, the parents of those children won't be told either. And I think from my perspective, even as a parent of four children, I would want to know if there was a child in my children's class who tested positive for the simple reason, do I go and visit Granny next weekend? Will I go and visit somebody else that I know maybe, you know, in the middle of um, treatment for cancer? You know, like I need to know this because you don't want to put anybody else at an increased risk. And I do think it's a mistake on the part of the government, especially when the booster programme hasn't been rolled out yet, for the most vulnerable in our society. And I'm talking about those who were badly affected back in January and February, our frontline workers. You're talking across the board. There's so many people that now need a booster, but yet they're changing the contact tracing system. And before that has even been rolled out. So I would be very, very concerned about that. And I also have a huge problem, Joe, um, as a parent and for all parents out there. There was no nothing in place for parents if their child had, you know, developed symptoms and had to stay at home. You know, most parents had to stay at home, forfeit their 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 earnings at work because there was no facility for them to be able to stay at home. And I think that was really really bad. And I, you know, it wasn't fair. Put parents under an awful lot of pressure. Parents that really had to work to put food on the table for their children, and then all of a sudden ended up getting a phone call to say their child was symptomatic from school, having to come and collect their child, bring their child home, get their child tested, and stay at home with them until it was safe for that child to return to school. You know, and I, I, there should have been some facility in place for the parents there too, because you know, and I know if I'm talking about teachers, everybody across the board, all employees were in that situation where there was no facility for them to be able to stay. Home with their child, and that you know, that was huge, huge stress. And I saw it firsthand myself, yeah. You know, and uh, it does appear as though, and it's not just the government here, it appears as though the public health emergency team and the chief medical officer have formed the view that the link between deaths from uh, COVID uh, and even case numbers, which are still relatively high, has yes. been sufficiently weakened that it is now on balance uh, in uh, the interests of society uh, to get on with it. I know, but Joe, one death in a child is one too many. You know, I mean, one very sick child is one too many. We don't want any of our children to be sick from this. You know, this is a virus. And at the end of the day, if there was a child in any class in a school that you got head lice, which they all do, we send out a text or a note to parents. Parents are entitled to know. And I think that really is a huge problem for me. Staff, teachers, SNAs, the caretaker, the secretary, they all should know if there's a case in the school. They don't need to know who it is, but they should know because they need to be extra vigilant. They need to be very um, cautious as to who they go and visit after school, who they may put at increased risk. We have a sense of responsibility here, and I think that's been taken away from us. But but you would agree, Tracy, that throughout all of this, and this is just the reality of it, public health 
Smith was always not about the individual. It was always about the community and wider society. I mean, they were never asking us to go for tests for our own individual sake. No, no, they're not. But I think... But I, it's uh, an important point, though, that I think yes, you know, we, is, we, we, all, we all forget yeah. at times that, yeah. you know, they were never, never really worried about whether you had COVID specifically or I had COVID. It was actually all about how it looked in, in terms of, of the societal profile, the overall the spread of it. Numbers, and the hospital, and the hospital numbers, numbers and all numbers, of that. Yeah. That, was their, that, yes. that, was, that was their agenda, as it were. I know, but now, as I just said there... Now we're getting to the stage where somebody that has, you know, that has been vaccinated months ago now will need a booster. That isn't in place yet. So those people are becoming more vulnerable now again. Uh, you know, and, and I think we don't want to see a situation what, that we had back in January, which was absolutely awful. It was, so, it was so destroying. It was devastating for so many families. We don't ever want to be in that situation again. And I just feel that schools need to know, parents need to know if there's a confirmed case in their child's class. I think they're entitled and, and to know. And so do you think that the tracing um, should continue until, what, the 22nd of October when they're talking about lifting I all restrictions? I think the midterm break, I think definitely the midterm break, which is would be around the 22nd right. of October. I think it is at the 22nd of October, it's midterm break. I definitely do, because the numbers are still quite high. And at the very beginning of this school year, um, the, the contact tracing wasn't at its best. And I'm, that I know for definite. And parents went, you know, had to take their children without being contact traced to get tested. So those numbers have never been recorded. And we don't really know the, the true numbers. You know, we don't know how many children in primary school tested positive from um, the beginning of September. Right. So, you know, so um, I think because of all of that, well, I do think we're going a little bit too fast. The 22nd of October probably would have been a better date, okay. in my opinion. Oh, okay, um, that's Tracy Tobin, the Principal Teacher at St. Michael's Infant School and Secretary for the Limerick INTO, Maeve O'Kelly of Beehive Child Care in Rathkeel is also uh, with us. Morning, Maeve. Good morning, Joe. How are you? So I think you were particularly unhappy with how late this information came to you. Yeah, I suppose, um, like everything else, Joe, I suppose on Thursday, um, last Thursday, the 23rd, um, I received um, a, an email, which I'm sure was the same for all ch- um, childcare early years education services um, from the early years division, um, making us aware of this, these changes coming into effect from today. Um, and I suppose, like, looking at it... Um, you know, over the weekend, because that, that's when we got had the time to look at it. What is the guidance telling us as early years providers? And what you were saying is it does not apply to children living in the same household as a case of COVID-19, unvaccinated children who have no previous infection of COVID-19. So if children are becoming infected with COVID-19, they're asked to restrict their movements. Okay, however... What the guidance is now telling us is, is that if, if we are aware of a child attending our early years education and care services, we, do, we now do not need to take any specific action with regard to contract tracing or discussing the case with the HSE. However, still being always vigilant to anyone developing new symptoms. So they're still recommending that we follow our infection prevention control policies and procedures, like, for example, our pods, physical distancing, face coverings, etc., um, like we have been doing since we reopened our services in June 2020. Um, and I suppose another question in the frequently asked questions from the guide is, should I tell parents of the class school group if I am aware that someone has tested positive for COVID-19? And the answer from the public health is that there is no clinical need for information to be shared with contacts of cases. Therefore, public health do not recommend that you tell parents of other children um, that there has been a case of COVID-19. So I suppose, Joe, just to break that down a little bit, 
On one hand, the public health guidance are recommending that we continue to follow our infection prevention control policies, which include informing parents if there is a COVID case um, in one of our pods. But then on the other hand, they are telling us that there is no clinical need for information to be shared with contact uh, with, with contacts of cases. So for me and other um, early childhood education and care providers that I spoke with on Friday in relation to this, who are all operating the pod models currently, we are really concerned about this. So if children come into the service <clears throat> who are tested and who are presenting asymptomatic and our staff contact the virus, then they are going to be out. And, they, and as there is a staffing crisis in early childhood care and education, we could be looking at closure of pods, of services. So are you going to implement the uh, new requirements or are you going to stick to the old ones? Joe, we work in a trusting partnership with parents in our service. I also have parents in the service who are high risk. And COVID-19 is a notifiable disease. It is the same as chickenpox. So we will still be following our policies and procedures in relation to notifiable diseases. And of course, we will be informing our parents because we want that trust back. So if parents feel that their children are sick or they're going for a test, they have been phoning us, they've been telling us. Okay. And it's well, so can I just clarify then, so are you at yeah. all concerned then about deviating from uh, the policy that is being implemented nationally from today? Well, I'm concerned because, like, I mean, if, if, if everyone is not on the same page, then it is, COVID is going to come into the services. It's, it's coming into services already. I'm sure there's cases already today, parents ringing up saying, my child has contracted COVID. And now earlier to Friday saying, what do we do? Do we tell the parents? Do we not tell the parents? You know, I think it's, it's the onus has been put back on early, on primary schools, on early years uh, care and education services. And that is not fair. You know, this is a public health um, uh, crisis. And, you know, we should be given strict policies and guidelines on how to, how to um, deal with that when, when, when cases come. Not to say that you do not need to contact the HSE anymore. You know, you do not need to tell your parents. We do need to tell our parents. You know, they're the, the children's primary caregiver. We, 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 are, we work as carers for the children. Um, and, I mean, we, we can't not tell our parents that if, if there's a COVID case in the services. But, but what do the parents do next? Because the official policy now is that, that they uh, won't be tested, the kids that are close contacts, but not symptomatic. Well, I suppose parents are going to have to, you know, prior to this, Joe, prior to COVID coming in, we always had um, sick policies and procedures within our services and they were implemented before COVID. So if children are unwell, if your child is unwell, they should not be in, 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 in early childhood care and education services. They shouldn't be, be there. They're not well. They need to be at home. You know, so if your child... But I mean, you and I both know that Mm. the reality on the ground was there was much more discretion around that. That, you know, kids were coming in with whatever they might have. Runny nose, etc., etc. And and there was an acceptance on all sides that there there was a a minimum level that people Mm -hmm. would live with. Yeah. Parents and the child care providers. Yes, no, absolutely, no, absolutely. And there, there's the difficulty you have is, you know, I'm listen to, I mean, I talk from some experience here. Yeah, I know. The, the difficulty you have is that, you know, kids may never go into crash all year on that basis because, as was pointed out earlier, there are lots of things that are non COVID, colds and, mm-hmm. and et cetera, doing mm-hmm. the rounds. 
Yeah, but I suppose, Joe, like, we are still in the middle of this. You know, this is um, a dangerous disease. Okay, and you know it isn't like. But what I find interesting is the message from public health and the government seems to mm. be that we're not really in the middle of it anymore. We're at the end of it. Is kind of the message they're delivering to us now. Well, I think until COVID is not here in the country anymore, there's still COVID nineteen is still present. I mean, it's still affecting staff are still out. You know, if staff are sick and even though they're vaccinated, they're still out. We have to adhere to ratios, so it is still having a knock on effect and an impact. Same with primary schools, if teachers are out. You know, it is having a knock-on impact because of the length of time that you have to isolate for. That's not the case if you have a, a sore throat or, or, or a runny nose or you're just feeling unwell, mm. you know. But, but that so, seems like it's going to be the next step. The next step is going to be that they're going to relax the um, uh, isolation periods as well, even for people who test positive. I mean, that feels like it's coming very quickly now. You know, it does feel it does feel as though the government have made a decision here, you know, that they are going to one way or the other get to the twenty second of October, lift pretty much all restrictions and then carry on. Well, I feel like this Monday we're just in our fifth week back from the summer holidays, okay? And um, we've been open all the time, but for schools and uh, our numbers have obviously increased since then. But we are only in our fifth week back. It's too soon to say there's, there's cases we're hearing of them every week in, in, in early childhood care and education services, in primary schools, you know, pods being closed. You see it on the news, a table empty with, with children. You know, and I understand that it's extremely difficult for parents as well um, that this is happening and they have to have time off work. I'm a parent myself. I know what it's like with it when you have a sick child. Um, you know, and that causes additional stress as well. But the, the problem is we need to be able to have our services open so that all our, all our parents can come to work. You know, yeah. you know, it, it, it would have a knock-on impact if, if, if this continues. I don't know what, what the, the end result is going to be. I don't know. But I think this is too soon. And I also think that the way that it was delivered to early childhood care and education services on Thursday, like I had parents ringing me on Friday morning. I didn't have time to even read it because I got it late Thursday. Like the consultation all the time, Joe, is just so poor. So, so poor. Okay. All right. Well, listen, thank you very much. A clear message from the three of you. I think a pretty united front uh, there this morning. Mabel Kelly of Beehive Childcare in Rathkeel, Tracy Tobin, Secretary of the INTO in Limerick, and Joe Flynn of Creenaquilla Childcare in Croom. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.